Thank you so much, Pastor Cindy, South Oaks Community Church. It is awesome to be with you. Like Pastor Cindy said, I'm Josiah Keneally. I'll show you a picture of our family. My wife, Micah, and I welcomed our daughter, Aurora. She's almost nine months old, and this was a picture taken for our Christmas card. And um, I realized that I'm not that cute, but boy, those girls are. And I am thankful that God gave me a gift like my wife Micah and a treasure like our daughter Aurora. Here's one more picture just for fun because it's that time of year and we need joy and we just love life. We love Jesus and it is a joy. We're really honored to be joining you not only this morning, but also for the 21 days of prayer and fasting for breakthrough. Um, just by a show of hands, how many of you are reading or enjoying the daily devotions? Isn't that awesome? God is speaking through his word, through worship, through the messages, and also through, man, just a great devotional. And we're really excited about that. I'm just really thankful for the opportunity to worship with you guys this morning. And today's focus is breakthrough prayer. Can you say that with me? Breakthrough prayer. One more time, everyone. Breakthrough prayer. And just before we get started, last week's message, Pastor Cindy said something that really caught my attention. She said that there is a sound of breakthrough. And I believe that if our ears are tuned to the spiritual frequencies, what we will hear echoing and reverberating all throughout the heavenly realms is breakthrough. And I'm believing for breakthrough. I'm uniting in breakthrough. And we're standing, believing that when we pray, God hears. And the moment we speak, he's on the move. And so we're believing just for a powerful time. And I want to get started with a couple of group questions. So these require, go ahead, just shout out some answers. But I have two questions this morning. The first one, what do you guys think that prayer looks like? could look like anything. No answer is wrong. But can we just get a few audience interactions? Just shout it out. Maybe what do you think of when I say the question, what does prayer look like? Totally. Communion with God. That's a great answer. What else? Conversation. Yeah, it's, it's very relational in, in nature. It's, it's a conversation, kind of, I've heard it said, maybe not a monologue, but a dialogue, you know, listening and speaking. Good. What else? What else do you picture that prayer actually looks like? Maybe one more. I picture God, like, leaning over to listen. You know, to me, it's, 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 I think it looks like love. Wow. Yeah, just like God bending down his ear from heaven to listen to his children. And I, I love all of those because they're all just spot on. And in fact, so I mentioned that I have a nine-month-old daughter. Her name's Aurora. And so we became parents during the midst of a pandemic. Crazy time. But we love our baby girl. And she's at the development stage where she's starting to not only crawl, but stand. And it's really cute. And so I was over at my mom's house, and she loves her grandma, by the way. For, for a little girl, is there anything better than grandma's house? I mean, it's just so cute. Seeing those two have fun, and oh, man. And so I was there, and then I walked in, and I said, Daddy's home. And she crawled over. She scooted. She knows who her dad is. And she grabbed my pant legs, and she started pulling up. This is a picture. And that's what I picture, like, from heaven's perspective. If you were to put on the lens of our Lord for a second, 
I just really get this picture that if you replace her face with your face, his banner over you is love. And he is madly in love with you. He is pursuing you and he's listening to you, leaning in. He's pretty fired up about you. He, before you even spoke a word, do you realize this? That the creator of the universe, the God over all things, he spoke love over you. He was singing songs over you. That's incredible. And so I picture that. And then the other thing that Pastor Steve said during the question is like, I think that leads us into our next question. Why do we pray? Second, I, w- I want to hear from each of you, maybe a few more people. Why do we pray? God's Say that one more time. God's leading. God's leading. Yeah, like we get this Holy Spirit nudge that God's leading us. He's beckoning us and calling us, drawing us to pray. What else? That's, that's the way God transforms our lives into the plan that he has for us. Yeah, prayer is the way that God transforms us into the creation and creature that he calls us to be and, and follow. We, we hear his plan when we listen in prayer. A lot of times we pray because we're in trouble. <laughs> Just in case you didn't hear that or you're live streaming, welcome, by the way, to everyone live streaming. So glad that you're here. And that answer of just what does prayer look like, it kind of, and, and why do we pray? We pray because we're in trouble. <laughs> Sometimes desperate times, like if you've ever been there just by a show of hands, your back was against the wall, so you called out for help. Amen. I love that scripture that Psalm 116.2 says. We get a really close picture of God. It says, because he bends his ear. He bends down from heaven to listen. I'm going to pray as long as I have breath. And Dr. John Piper, founder of Desiring God Ministries, says prayer is the open admission that without Christ, we can do nothing. Apart from him, we can do nothing. In fact, prayer is turning away from ourselves and to God in the confidence that he will provide the help that we need. Remember, if we're in trouble... He's going to provide the help that we need. This is my favorite part of that quote. This is so important. If you miss everything else, don't miss this. Dr. Piper says, Prayer humbles us as needy and it exalts God as wealthy. I love that quote. And similarly, Pastor Mark Batterson wrote The Circle Maker. He said, Don't underestimate the power of one single brave prayer. And I don't know about you, but for me, two things I don't want to do in life. One is I don't want to underestimate God. The other is I don't want to overestimate myself. I don't want to overestimate myself. That's pride. And I don't want to underestimate God. That's a lack of faith. And this morning, I want to talk to you about a subject of stirring up Revival. I want to talk to you this morning about stirring up revival. And before I do, would you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. The pictures that you've already downloaded this morning, we thank you that you bend your ear from heaven to hear us, your children, when we pray. I thank you that when we pray and we're broken, We need a break. You bring the breakthrough. We trust you. We submit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we turn to the book of Joel, 
in the Old Testament. We're going to be in Joel 1 and 2 this morning for the text, for the passage. And I just want to remind us and quick give a backdrop on the setting of Joel in the Old Testament. And just briefly, the current climate in our world today reminds me a lot of the book of Joel. There's a lot of similarities, just a lot of parallels. And what I mean by that is the first thing to know about the book of Joel is what happened right before this was written is there was a locust plague. It left the land bare. Sound familiar? Maybe we didn't have a plague, but we have a pandemic, and it's left the economy, life, just our world has been left bare. A lot like a plague. In fact, some people say another word for a pandemic is a plague. So the, the crazy thing about Joel is this prophet, he was sent to warn the people of God to turn from their wicked ways or face the wrath of God in a day of judgment. I just believe this with all of my heart, that we're in a desperate time. And if, in fact, if there's ever been a time in my short life that we've needed a breakthrough, miracle, power, move of God, it's right now. It's like never before. It's like here today, January 10th, 2021, I'm here for it, God. And if we want to stir up revival in our lives, in our souls, in our families, our neighborhoods, our schools, our communities, our churches, or our world, I think there's three things that we're, if you're taking notes, there's going to be three points this morning that I believe are a starting place for us to stir up revival. And the first is to pray serious prayers. I'm a fun guy. I love a good time. I love adventure. I love adrenaline. I love it when my heart beats fast. And in fact, I almost didn't follow Jesus one time because I thought it was going to be boring. <laughs> and, and so I want to say, praying serious prayers, we actually get to have fun doing it. Or I'm not going. <laughs> and that might be the selfish part of me, but I just believe that God isn't a boring God. He's not far off and distant. Some of the greatest adventures we're going to have in our life is when we pray serious prayers. So I don't mean serious boring. I mean a serious breakthrough, adventure, the time of our lives kind of prayers. Yet, desperate times call for desperate measures. Desperate times call for desperate prayers. And I just want to see one more time by a show of hands. How many of you have been there? Maybe you were sick. Maybe you were, your finances were in trouble. Maybe it was a relationship that was broken. I've been there many, many times. I feel familiar with the feeling of, oh no. <laughs> oh no. We're in trouble. And it causes us to pray with an anguish and an agony. Like a power, a persistence, a passion, and a purpose. And we see this in Joel right from the get-go. It's so amazing. In the message translation, Joel 1 verse 14 says this. Joel is tasked with gathering God's people for praying and fasting. Builds on last week. Builds on these 21 days. God says to Joel, in fact, declare a holy fast. Call a special meeting. Get the leaders together. Round up everyone in the country. Get them to God's sanctuary for serious prayer to the Lord. Because nothing was happening. There was no musical worship in the temple. 
There was no more offerings or sacrifices. It's really bad when our churches stop the one thing that we're actually called to do, and that's worship. Really dangerous. And that's what had happened in Joel. And so I think that what we learned from Joel is he doesn't just say cute prayers. Like I remember I went to camp one time and we said, Johnny Appleseed, the Lord is good to me. Or, or another cute prayer is, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. And hear me, no disrespect for a prayer like that. God hears our heart. But there's a difference between a cute, poetic, sounds nice, and a serious call to prayer. I think of the Brooklyn Tabernacle right now. I went there one time on a Tuesday night, downtown Brooklyn, New York. And it's right by the subway station, right by the bus station, and they call down heaven. There's like a 4,000-person sanctuary. I went there a few years ago, and they pack it out on a Tuesday night for prayer and worship. Like, that's, that's what I mean is like a serious call. And that's what we learned from Joel. And it's a type of prayer in our own, seri- in our own lives that would, like, get us out of bed at 11 p.m., or at 4 a.m., and we'd be up praying through until 6 a.m. That's a kind of serious prayer. And Leonard Ravenhill said this. He said the church is dying on its feet because it won't pray on its knees. And that's a dangerous thing that I'd I'd like us to reflect on. And, And a few things that I sense in my heart about breakthrough prayers as we talk about this subject, the first is I've discovered my own limits in life, but I've yet to find the limits of God. We serve a God who has breakthrough, miracle power, and that's who we're praying to. The second thing is he's invited us into joining the breakthrough. Like it's, he's, he does the heavy lifting, he does the work, but it's not us trying to get a meeting with that person. It's like he calls, Hey, Josiah, I want to spend time with you. So will we pick up? Will we accept that call? And I love what Mark Batterson says in his book, Circle Maker. Bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers. And I just want to give you an example of a couple breakthrough prayers in our lives. My wife, Micah, and I got married in 2017. And when we got married, we rented a tiny condo apartment in Bloomington. It was great. We loved it. It was right by the Minnesota River. And we lead a college ministry for students. And so it was not uncommon for 30-plus students to pack out our living room on Thursday nights. And it was like cheek to cheek. You couldn't get the door open all the way because of just all the shoes. And so we also then found out that we were expecting and our family was about to grow. And I just remember from the... From the day we got married, we had just felt like the Lord showed us a particular house in Bloomington that we felt like he had for us, our family, and the ministry. And for two years, almost every day, we would literally drive or walk or bike and pray around this specific house. And then a string of events, a series of events happened where it looked impossible, like our backs were against the wall. But God broke through, and we now live there. And that's just one example. Another one, this summer, we found out that our campus, Normandale Community College, for Chi Alpha, was going all online for an entire year. 
And we actually got into campus ministry because we love the campus. We love being with students in person. How do you reach people for Jesus as campus missionaries with no presence on, uh, like in person? It's all online. And that's when I was driving to our favorite coffee shop and the Holy Spirit told me, ask them if you can use this space every Monday. Call it Mugshot Mondays. They wanted to meet with us about something else. And we spun it and said, hey, we respectfully just want to, we're interested, but could we use this space every Monday? And they're like, we need business. College students love coffee. Sounds like a deal. <laughs> and that's, that's the type of breakthrough miracle power that happens when we pray. Our backs are against the wall. We pray a serious prayer, and God has the breakthrough. And I love this old hymn. It says, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me, and he will be my guide. Hold me closely to his side with love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. And I just want to ask, will it, like, will it take a famine to cause us to be hungry? Will it take a breakdown for us to realize we need a breakthrough? And I guess what I just believe is that prayer paired with fasting is what we see in Joel. And it preceded a revival, a breakthrough moment where God poured out his spirit on all people. Prayer paired with fasting. Serious prayers. And one of my favorite authors is a woman named Henrietta Mears. You probably don't know that name, but you might. And you might know a few of the people that she discipled. She was actually from our city in Minneapolis. She um, was a teacher. And she got a phone call one day to go to Hollywood First Presbyterian Church and lead the young adult Sunday school. So she went... No other phone calls, no other opportunities. That's where she went. And while she was there, she discipled a few people like former President Ronald Reagan. Billy Graham was a part of that Sunday school, as well as um, Bill Bright, who founded Campus Crusade, one of the leading campus ministry movements that's global. Those are just three of the thousands of people that she discipled. And she said this, I will pray like never before for wisdom and power. I don't know about you, but I'm really moved by that quote because I want to pray like never before. I want there to be wisdom in my life to know what to do, power to have the ability to do it, an expectancy to know that God's going to move when we pray, and an urgency to know the time is now. And as we pray serious prayers, I believe that what we see is it brings about sincere repentance with life change. And we see that in Joel. He says in Joel 2.13, it says, Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. One of the most common myths that we get on a college campus is that God's angry. God's out to get us. God's distant and far off. But it's, it's obvious that that individual has not read scripture because if you read Jonah or Joel, the accusation of God was actually that he was too kind. 
He was too merciful. He showed too much grace time and time again. And what's crazy is um, repentance must precede revival. Serious prayers, fasting. And this is what happened in Joel, the prophet said that something had to change. Sin was the problem and the people had stopped worshiping God. He's like, look, time's short. Wake up. Don't miss it. That's what the message of the prophet Joel is saying. Change your life, rend your heart, and turn around. And when I think of sincere repentance caused by prayer and fasting, I think of one of our students who showed up in our ministry and he said that he did not want to be there. He was basically forced by his parents to come check it out. And by the end of a night of a move of God, he, his exact words were, I can't believe I only have four more years to be a part of this. <laughs> That's what happens when we pray and when we fast. And I watched this young man, like no one told him to change his life, but he broke up with his girlfriend because they were living in sin. He didn't know it. He had never heard of the gospel. He had never read scripture. Then he was listening to music on an illegally downloaded uh, music software. And no one told him, like, look, stop doing that. He just felt a conviction that my life has got to change. Change your life, not your garments. Rend your heart. And that's what he did. What was so powerful is to watch other students buy him iTunes gift cards so he could buy new uplifting music. That's community. Young people, that's amazing. That's generosity. That's Sincere repentance, life change. And as Joel reminds us to return to God, let's be people who pray bold, serious, breakthrough prayers. Amen? So the first point, pray serious prayers. The second one is similarly to spread his message with boldness, courage, and authority. And Andy Stanley uh, said in a recent message something that stopped me in my tracks. I was immediately brought to tears. And he said, what is the faith of the next generation worth? And he said, everything. And that's what I believe with all of my heart. And maybe it's because I just became a dad. But that's what the next generation looks like to me as a daughter grabbing my knee. And I get this picture that God is bending down his ear looking for, to and fro for the next generation to rise up in their faith. And I don't know about you, but I pray and I fast and believe that the next generation of faith is going to carry on in Jesus in America. I just believe that we don't want to be a visionless church and we don't want to be also a passionless church. But lastly, we don't want to be a dreamless church. And we see this in Joel, what was vibrant and, and vital important is to see the vital faith of the next generation, the vibrant faith of the next generation. And we see in Joel 1, 1 through 3, right to start out this book, he said, Hear this, elders, listen, all who have lived in the land. Has anything like this happened before in your days or in the days of your ancestors? Tell it to your children and let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. And then he says, don't let this message die out. That's some important instructions. I think of the gospel of Jesus, there's been nothing like it before or since to this day. So what is the message of the gospel? The gospel, according to Paul, 
who used to kill Christians who followed the way until he had his Damascus Road experience where he became a follower of Jesus. He wrote in Romans 5.8 that the gospel is, but God demonstrates his own love for us, for you and me, in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I also love what Pastor Greg Laurie says about the gospel. He says, Jesus came to pay a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. That's powerful. That's the gospel. So who do we tell this message to? Our children? My daughter, Aurora. I pray that she comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus at a young age and that it's a lifelong decision. And we, we tell this gospel to her children and to their children and to the next generation after that. And I love the song by Carrie Job and Cody Carnes. It's called The Blessing. Probably a lot of you have heard it. It just came out during the pandemic. And it says, may his favor be upon you and your children and their children and their families and their families. That's beautiful. The gospel of Jesus is designed in its nucleus to be an intergenerational gospel. For, who's it for? All people. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every ethnicity, every ethnic background, every like economic level, every generation, every age, every gender. That's so beautiful. It's for everyone. And when we spread this message with boldness and authority, by the way, it's supposed to be natural for the world around us to know, hey, you're a Christian, aren't you? You love Jesus, don't you? Because there's signs and wonders like unity. There's miracles. There's breakthrough power. There's visions and dreams. That's beautiful. Joel prophesied that your old men would, would dream dreams and your young men would uh, see visions. We don't want a visionless church without a generation. We don't want a dreamless church. We want those to be in harmony. That's beautiful. Worship and offerings, prayer and fasting, some of the things that God's calling for. In Joel 2, 28 through 32, he says this. And afterward, on the day of the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I don't know if you saw this on your computer or social media feed or outside, but there was just a Christmas star. Isn't that amazing? Like our God is still showing signs and wonders even in the skies. The one who set the stars, he knows our name. There's going to be signs and wonders. It's going to happen naturally. And sometimes we look at like the mystical, the majestic, the miraculous. It's spooky. But it's really not. It's, it's natural. It's organic. It's a part of just following Jesus. It's, the sign's not up to you. He's a sign. You don't need to make a sign up. He is the sign. In our world, let me tell you, it's longing to see signs and wonders like never before. So when we pray serious prayers and when we share this message with boldness and authority, the last thing that we need, the third point, is to pray for a spiritual outpouring. 
And if you remember, Pastor Cindy touched on this last week. At Acts 2 and Joel 2, there's this interconnectivity. Revival is promised in Joel 2. And then, according to Peter, in Acts chapter 2, that promise and prophecy was fulfilled at Acts chapter 2, and it was called the day of Pentecost. God's Spirit was poured out on all people. It was manifested. It was amazing. And I believe that revival is possible once again. And those same things that needed to happen, like praying serious prayer, fasting, sharing the message with boldness and authority, believing God and trusting him that he's going to pour out his spirit and do a spiritual awakening and outpouring, that's what it's going to take. He says in Joel 2.28, I just read it, but I'll read it once again. I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And God is willing to forgive. Are we willing to repent? God's able and mighty to save, but are we willing to simply surrender? He's calling, like I said, on our phone. Will we answer? He's coming soon. Are we ready? I love the prayer of Habakkuk. I'm just going to share it with you. It says that, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. That's an example, my friends, of a breakthrough prayer, a serious prayer. Paul has another one where Paul prays for the church at Ephesus that the eyes of their heart may be enlightened in order that they may know the hope to which he had called them, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And that's what Jim Maxim is talking about. Even last night, I was reading this, this morning. And what's crazy is he talks about friendship and intimacy, listening to God, letting our eyes be opened, letting our souls be awakened, and letting our ears come into tune with the frequency of the sound of breakthrough. In other words, I think that Paul prays for our eyes to be opened and our souls to be awakened. And prophecy to me, I believe, is seeing things almost like they're in 3D. Brought some cool glasses here. <laughs> Have you ever been to a movie and then, and then like gone to the 3D version and you're watching it and it's like, I could touch that dinosaur in Jurassic Park. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it's like you're, you, you're there. And I think that that's what prophecy does, is dead things get brought back to life. Dry bones, they're going to breathe again. Things that are flat, oh, they have shape. Things that are broken, it's actually going to be restored. Things that are sick, it's actually going to be healed in the name of Jesus. And I think that like 3D is kind of like prophecy. It comes to life. And that's how spiritual outpouring is, is when God gives dreams, visions, signs, wonders. He's like, put the 3D glasses on. And all of a sudden, we start to see things that are not yet as though they are. And it's like, whoa, there's a move of God. And it's like there's also 3D hearing too, and you're like, I hear it, that's the sound of breakthrough. And you can feel it in your bones that God's about to move. And I, I felt like in, in light of 3D vision, I felt like God showed me three Ds that I want to end today with. I encourage you to write them down. They might be for me, they might be for you. 
The first one is desperate. Like when our back's against the wall, when we're brought to our knees, it means that our ship is sunk unless God moves. That's desperate. The second one is delighting. And delighting is saying, you know what, God? I'm not seeking you for your hand or for your gifts. I'm seeking your face. I just love you. I enjoy being in your presence. That's delighting. And the last one is desiring. And desiring looks like John the Baptist. Not to take the glory, but to decrease. There must be less of me, and there must be more of him and increase. That's desiring God. And when you see like three Ds, it's like some of it's blue, some of it's red. And even like the video, I had no idea what the video was going to be. But remember those pictures that were kind of pixelated and blurry? And then prayer brings it into focus. Desperate before the Lord, delighting in Jesus, and desiring all that the Holy Spirit has for us. And A.W. Tozer said this, and it grabbed my heart. And I want to share it with you. He said, to desire revival and at the same time neglect personal prayer and devotion is like wanting to go that way but walking this way. It's like my wife and I love Miami Beach. I really wish we could be there this time of year. It's our favorite. Like if you've seen the sunset, oh, sheesh, or the sunrise, oh, my gosh, we want to show our daughter beauty like that and in Minnesota, we like to once in a while sneak out and trade the snow for sand if I can get an amen. <laughs> but it's like I tell my wife, Micah, and I say, you know what? We're going to road trip to Miami Beach. And she's like, praise God, I'm going to pack Aurora's cute little swimsuit. But I start driving us like a fool towards Duluth. That's what A.W. Tozer is saying to desire revival we want to stir up revival, but we're going to neglect prayer, and fasting, and desperation, dependence, delight in the Lord. And I think that the 3D looks like this. One more thing. Because remember, it gets foggy out there. It gets crazy out there. In a few minutes, you're going to leave. I don't know what kind of world you're going to go home to. It's wild. It's crazy. But then we see this. Waymaker. There's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. That's who he is. And then there's moments where we're like, but God, my back's against the wall. And it's like, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it. How about that? Do you know that sometimes I don't feel like it? Or I don't feel it? And he's working. He never stops working. That's a promise that you can take and hold on to. He never stops working. And so my prayer and prophetic word over South Oaks Community Church this morning is that the Lord Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would lead you in patterns and rhythms of 3D vision, in desperation before the Lord. Remember, we're sunk unless God moves. In delighting in Him completely and desiring Him exclusively. Breakthrough prayers ultimately stir up revival. I'll say that one more time. Ultimately, breakthrough prayers, sharing the gospel with power, with authority, and then believing for an outpouring, that's what stirs up revival. And as we close, I want you to close your eyes. And you, you got to get creative here. you got to imagine. But as you close your eyes, put on the 3D vision. 
And I want to ask you a question. What would breakthrough look like in your life today? Maybe you're facing a challenge. Maybe you're facing a health crisis. Maybe you're navigating financial difficulties. Maybe you're wondering why you're even here or tuning into this message online. And I just want to ask, what would breakthrough look like in your life? I believe God's going to download images, pictures that are clear of what breakthrough looks like. It looks like the promised land. But there's a Red Sea. But he's going to part the waters. And I just want to give two opportunities. The first is if you need to start a breakthrough relationship with Jesus this morning, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand. Invite you to type into the comments, I want Jesus. I want to start my relationship with him. And as you picture what breakthrough would look like, would you just be bold enough to raise your hand if that's you and you want to start a relationship with Jesus? Or type it into the comments, I want to start. You could say start new, a fresh start. Type that into the comments this morning. Thanks for doing that. And I'm just going to pray for everyone who would want to start up a relationship with Jesus this morning. God, I pray for the individual who is without hope and without God right now. What I love is they're not separate from you anymore, but they're near. They're actually a son. They're a daughter. They're a child of yours. And so, God, what I do this morning is I pray as those who are forming a relationship with you, they're reaching out. Thank you that you bend your ear from heaven and all we need to do is grab your leg and look up. And if, if that's you this morning, would you just join me in praying three simple prayers? Just say, I admit I've sinned. I believe in the Savior. I confess and forsake my sins. I'll follow you all the way to heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. As, as you continue to picture what breakthrough might look like in your life, I'd just love to know if you're facing a challenge this morning where you need a breakthrough and you came this morning just hoping, sensing that God was going to move and you need a breakthrough. Um, or you're tuning in this morning, you're facing really tough challenges. I'd just like you to type challenges into the comments or raise your hand this morning. And if you're in need of a breakthrough, we're going to take a moment and just pause and pray for you. But would you raise your hand if that's you? You're, you're, yep, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Lord Jesus, we just pause and we pray a bold prayer that whatever our friends are facing in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would move. As soon as we pray, Daniel says that you begin to move. And Heavenly Father, you're the God of the breakthrough. We trust our situations no matter how bleak, no matter if it feels like our back's against the wall. We have the power to, of a mustard seed faith. And that mustard seed faith gives us 3D vision to see what breakthrough could look like. And I just pray for finances in this church that may need to move. God, I pray that you'd provide all of our needs. We exalt you as wealthy, and we humble ourselves as a needy. God, I pray for relationships that are broken, that you would heal them. For places where people need employment or work. God, for health challenges, we seek you, Lord, for the breakthrough. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.